Welcome to Books in the Freezer, a podcast dedicated to the deliciously disturbing world of horror fiction. I'm Stephanie, and today I am joined by fan favorite Quincy to talk about some queer books for Pride Month. So welcome back. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I love this show and dream come true. Thank you. (laughs) People really loved the extreme horror episode. You know, I don't blame them. <laughs> um, like, I yeah, myself. it was a good time. <laughs> yeah, I, I really did. <laughs> um, yeah, so I th- I saw a lot of people have posted that they read Exquisite Corpse because of that episode, and I think a few people are like, it's one of my new favorite books. <laughs> yes, I actually got tagged on a lot of like people like posting it on their Instagram, and I'm like, oh my god, I love this that. <laughs> I was able to kind of like push them into this and it's an amazing book so also fits for yeah. pride month it does and i really wish i could have like re-talk about it but like i've gave it its um spotlight so it's time for something else but it's it time. is good for pride month it is time to let something else shine so yes, exactly yeah I posted on Instagram and Twitter and I asked, what is a queer horror book you wish more people knew about? And oh my God, the amount of replies <laughs> that I got uh, yeah. <laughs> is amazing. I will go through, I mean, as many as I can, just so that everyone gets their time in the spotlight and everything will be included in the show notes for this episode because mm-hmm. the more recommendations, the better. Um, I mean... A lot of them I haven't read uh, because I am just one person. (laughs) Same, same. (laughs) But yeah, it is Pride Month this month. And this episode was actually your idea. Pride Month was going to slip away from me. And I was like, oh, yikes. (laughs) Well, it's funny because I was actually like re-listening to like older episodes with like you and Rachel. um, Just because I needed like a refresher on recommendations. And then I got to the queer episode with Chelsea, I believe her Mm -hmm. name was. And she had, like, a lot of good recs. And I'm like, oh, wait, let me reach out to Stephanie, see if she wants to do an episode for Pride Month. And voila. (laughs) Uh, So we are talking about LGBT horror. So what was the first time you read uh, a horror book that was queer? That was queer? Uh, Honestly, it was probably Cockblock by (laughs) C.V. Hunt. And... Like, not that it's bad representation of queer characters, but it's definitely not, like, the go-to for queer horror, you know? Um, It's definitely on the extreme side. Um, But that was the first time, and I'm like, oh, these, like, queer characters are actually really badass. And then I went to Exquisite Corpse, and that's when I started falling in love with queer horror. And I feel kind of bad because I identify as a gay man, so I am kind of, like, dropping the ball here. I should have really had a better knowledge of queer horror, but it's not impossible, but it is kind of difficult to find queer horror um, because a lot of the shelves are taken up by the Stephen Kings and the Anne Rices and the Dean Koontz. And it's like, okay, let's shine a light on some other authors that Mm -hmm. are typically um, low on the list. So, but yeah. Which is what we are doing today. And yes. Yeah. It's a bonus episode. We are just kind of going to be all over the place. So. Yeah. As as we should, you as know, it's should. just a good time. 
yeah, I, I first wanted to ask you, though, what was the first horror book that you read that was queer horror? Um, or even by, like, a queer author? Let me think. I was going to say, um, like, on the episode, I talked about The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson. And I think mm. at that point, like, all that stuff just, like, fully, like, pfft, went over my head. Like, in yeah. the episode, I'm, like, talking to Chelsea. And I'm, like, yeah, like, it's, like, really in there if you look for it. And she's, like, no, no, it's explicitly in there. It's, like, pretty yeah. obvious that yeah. the CEO is. <laughs> and I'm, like, some scholars have said. <laughs> yeah. I think I also got into Clive Barker. Mm-hmm. I read um, The Thief of Always. And even though that was more on like the dark fantasy side, it was still really creepy. And I could literally read anything by him. So I do want to read more Clive Barker. I ordered Imagica. Is that how it's pronounced? But it's like giant and like very intense, like high fantasy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm not in the headspace. <laughs> Yeah. for this right now <laughs> so if anyone has any I other recommendations you. for like I like The Hellbound Heart I love The Books of Blood I've loved mm-hmm. um, The Thief of Always and yes. Damnation Game I've liked mm-hmm. other than that I don't really know where to go from there I'm trying to think did you watch um, Books of Blood on Hulu yeah it's not and it's not a fan no no <laughs> did you like it I I did um, I really liked I get the order mixed up where the girl like went to um she was like running away she stayed at this like I don't want to call it an Airbnb but it was like an elderly couple's house yeah turns out they were like messed up and that really freaked me out and then like the last story I think you could call it books of blood because they literally had the books of blood but I really liked it it was a good time it was good stories in it I think I was just mad because it really didn't have any of the books of blood stories Yes. So yes. I was like, okay, like I get that this is a new thing, but it's just not what I was yeah. expecting. Yeah. Typically with adaptations, I like have no expectations mm-hmm. or like I'm already planning for a bad expectation or yeah, ad- adaptation. And then when it comes out, typically I'm like cool with it. So I just hope for the best plan for the worst. I think that's usually where I'm at too and that's why I'm very rarely like super angry or super disappointed because I'm like I don't know mm-hmm. there's gonna be something lost in the translation there and I'm yeah. usually very prepared for that <laughs> right <laughs> all right but should we talk about some books yes okay um like I said we are doing veering away from our usual but the first book I wanted to mention I read it this year is called Elegy for the Undead by Matthew Feasley or Vesely. Um, I will say straight, I will say right now, uh, this is a sad story, just if you want to cry. You want a sad, sad story. <laughs> I, I, yes, please. <laughs> uh, so this is a zombie story, but it's not really about zombies. I have the synopsis here, because I think it says it the best. And that is, Jude and Lyle's newlywed life is shattered when a vicious attack leaves Lyle infected with a disease that transforms him into a violent and often incomprehensible person. With no cure for the zombie virus in sight, the young husbands begin to face the last months they have together before Lyle loses himself completely. Fond remembrances of young love meet the challenges of meet the challenges of navigating a partner's terminal illness in this bittersweet tale that explores both how we fall in love and how we say goodbye when the time comes far too soon. 
So in case you can't tell uh, from that synopsis, it's not going to be like a happy time. Um, it jumps around in time. So you are following Jude taking care of Lyle and kind of dealing with this new reality. And we know that in this like world where the zombie attack happened, like the doctors did find a way to get people vaccinated in that they can kind of control the disease and prolong it before you turn essentially into a zombie. So he has at least like a few months with him as he is kind of deteriorating slowly and like falling prey to this illness. And then you kind of go back in time and see how they met and how they started dating and how they got together and kind of like their newlywed life before all this happened. So yeah, this is not like (laughs) a super happy story. This is just real sad (laughs) right up the top. Um, Hey, sign me up. I love that. (laughs) Do you love to cry? Got the book for you. (laughs) Oh yeah. Like, I don't know if I told you, but I did read A Little Light behind Yanagahara, which is another, I guess you could consider it queer fiction. Um, yeah, that really made me cry. And after that, I was like, yeah, anything that's going to emotionally provoke me, take my money. Yes, this and then other one that is a bit similar, like in the similar vein. I've definitely talked about it on the podcast before, but um, I stumbled upon it one day on Kindle Unlimited and I loved it. Mm-hmm. It's called Odd Adventures with Your Other Father by Norman yes. Prentice. You know, this dad who was widowed, like his husband had died earlier and... Um, their daughter and he's telling the daughter like stories about the husband when they were together and kind of adventures that they went on the adventures are all kind of like paranormal like oh like one time we went here and there was a succubus one time we went here and like there was this crazy town that was taken over by this thing and just all of the adventures that they had together but he is like telling her all these stories so that she will remember like her other father and that's another one i was like reading it on my kindle like up at night like by myself like <laughs> sniffling <laughs> like this is beautiful that's so sad <laughs> like um, sometimes those like devastating stories are like the best ones you know yeah i mean it, I, I still think about it to this day so i did want to get like the sad 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 <laughs> tragic stories out of the way yes yes oh, love it so they are both uh, room temperature, especially like an elegy for the undead. The horror element of the zombie stuff is very peripheral. Like it's horrifying when it happens. And like, I mean, there is a scene where like where they figure out like what is happening and people are getting bit and turning and you see the consequences of that. But it's not yeah. like a zombie story. And yeah, the, the focus is much more on watching someone you love fall to a terminal illness and you having to prepare mm-hmm to live without them and then odd adventures with your other father is essentially what it's like having to live without them and especially in cases where you have children and what you do to remember people girl (laughs) you sold me love that yeah so one book i wanted to mention was uh vulgar favors by maureen orth this is technically true crime um and basically this follows uh, Andrew Cunanan, who was a, you know, a serial killer back in the day, who uh, killed Gianni Versace. And this book pretty much follows Andrew's life from when he was a kid, growing up, what was his family like, um, the dynamic with friends, 
and how he started his killings back here in Minneapolis, where I'm from, moving his way down to um, Miami. And then it, the author does a really good job at giving these creepy scenes of how Andrew was like pretty much, I guess, stalking in a way of like who he wanted to kill. Um, but it was also really, I guess, sad as well because she did a good job at giving you insight about the victims, what their family was like, and pretty tragic history with them. Um, and then all of it leading up into Gianni Versace. Um, this definitely is like a room temperature book. And a lot of it can be a little slow at times because it does read kind of like a textbook. Because oftentimes true crime is like facts, 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 you know. But then the other half is pretty much these people that you're reading about, they're almost like characters. You get very much um, involved with them and you care about them. And then you realize what Andrew's doing to them. So I gave it, again, room temperature, but out of five stars, I would give it probably like a good three, three and a half. Um, I read this a few years ago, and all the victims are LGBTQ. Um, the author, I believe, is straight, but um, she was a reporter, and she was working on this. And she was working on this right up until Andrew Cunanan killed himself. So he was never actually prosecuted for his crimes. Um, this was adapted into the assassination of Gianni Versace on ethics written and directed by the iconic Ryan Murphy. So I strongly recommend reading the book as well as watching the TV show. Um, the TV show is definitely more on like the drama side where the book is definitely true crime. So that is Vulgar Favors by Maureen Orth. Did Ryan Murphy take liberties with the source material? Um, well, okay. So I did a lot of research into this because I was curious about that as well. Um, there are some things where he did because there was a lot of gaps to fill in, you know? Like, there's a lot of facts of, like, where Andrew started, who he killed, how were they killed. But to make it a docu-series and a lot of it's drama, you kind of have to fill in the gaps. But overall, he stayed true to um, what the book was and also the victim. So he actually also hired a lot of lawyers to make sure that what they were putting out was okay, but also, like, legally okay to put out. So, um, but I think with any director or writer, if they have to fill in gaps, I think they're almost, they're going to have to yeah. take liberties. But but overall, it was really good, and um, I didn't, the only bad, the only person that I think had trouble with it that didn't like the show was Donatella herself. Um, but, oh well. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about another book that I've mentioned before, and that's uh, Meddling Kids by Edgar Cantero. And this is yes. essentially like Scooby-Doo fan fiction, I think, yeah. in the best way. I will say the <laughs> writing style is very experimental. It's not going to be everyone's cup of tea. Like, mm -hmm. there's chapters where he just, like, switches to a screenplay format, and there's, like, stage directions and dialogue. Yes. Um <laughs> But this is, like I said, very heavily, like, implying Scooby-Doo. It's yeah. 1990. The teen detectives uh, were known as, like, the blatant summer detective club. Uh, and they went to the small mining town of Zoinks River Valley. Get that little <laughs> Easter egg in there. <laughs> <Wow>. Wink, wink. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> but they're all grown up and they haven't seen each other since their last case in 1977. And you just kind of follow how all of them are. That's the day like they all stopped doing their sleuthing. They all kind of went their separate ways and are separately mm-hmm. all very traumatized from this one case that they all took. Mm-hmm. And so you're kind of following all of them, like literally getting the gang back together. And um, I will say this is for you if you have shipped Velma and Daphne. Because maybe that does happen. And the Velma is Latina in this book. (laughs) We get what we deserve. (laughs) Yeah, so representation all around is what you're saying. Yeah, and it's just funny like how much like it's like all these characters yes like are supposed to be like the stand-ins for these characters but in a lot of ways like they're also not like the fred character is like yes he's fred but he's also not like the shaggy character Mm -hmm. is shaggy but he's also not like there's there's enough leeway there for it to be like its own separate story um yeah and yeah they have uh tim an excitable why oh why a why is that how we say it (laughs) Yeah, that's a word yeah. I have seen written and never heard pronounced. It's okay because I I can read it, but I could not spell it <laughs> to save my life. So, so the next book I want to talk about, and it's probably my favorite book that I'm going to talk about that I personally read, and that is Wolf Song by T.J. Klune. Uh, the author is does identify as a gay man. This book had so many feels for me. Um, I barely wanted. Trigger warning, there is abuse to a child in this book, so just putting that out there. But also, this leans more towards dark fantasy. But overall, it was a really good time. It has to do with werewolves. So essentially what the plot is, um, there's two protagonists. There's Ox, or Oxnard, and then uh, Joe. Ox, at the beginning of the story, starts off being 12, where his dad leaves, and he's left with just his mom. And then as he grows older, he meets um, the Bennett family. And they, of course, are werewolves. And that's not a spoiler. That's like, it's, you know, the title gives it away. <laughs> so, yeah. So he meets the Bennets. And he becomes like a family friend. Long story short, him and Joe start to have a romantic something going on. Meanwhile, there are certain characters that are villains that the family's trying to overcome. There's a lot of family turmoil they're trying to overcome. And, yeah, overall, it's just a really good time. I strongly recommend it just because the queer representation in here is to a T. Like, I see myself as these characters. They go through things that I personally went through, like, in the gay community. Um, Very much a chef's kiss. (laughs) But overall, yeah, just a good time. Um, There are a lot of times where I had to cry because it was so heartwarming. But, and then, of course, the other half is that it's very thrilling. There's a lot of dark content in there. So, that yeah, that is Wolf Song by T.J. Klum. And he wrote the uh, the one that's big right now, House on the Cerulean Sea, right? Cerulean Sea. Yes, and I read that as well, and that was a really good time. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, side note, if any of you horror readers out there want something super happy, read The House on the Cerulean Sea. You might have to do that. I hear about it like on tiktok constantly like it is mm-hmm. like one of the top books like it's recommended. yeah yeah i actually recommend it to a lot of parents to read it to their kids once they're like of age to like sit down and like pay mm-hmm. attention 
But yeah, I mean, younger kids, if you read this to them, I think it's a really good life lessons. So. I did want to mention The Worm and His Kings by Haley Piper, but a lot of people mentioned uh, just Haley Piper. I mean, her whole brand is, like on social media, is make horror gay AF. <laughs> like, that's basically her yeah. slogan. So, <laughs> honestly, just read anything Haley Piper puts out. The Worm and His Kings was very good. It's a cosmic mm-hmm. horror novella. Um about a woman whose girlfriend has recently gone missing. She lives in New York and she looks for her and she has to descend into the subway system. And it's Mm -hmm. just like, there is levels, there's a cult, there is like all kinds of stuff. It's a good time. So definitely read that. Um, Yeah, so for my next book um, is We Need to Do Something by Max Booth III. And this is actually a recommendation I got from you like three or four episodes ago i can't even remember but the book is actually really short it's maybe like 110 pages or something like that i flew by it so this book if you like getting punched in the stomach this is a good book (laughs) um it went by super quick and shit hit the fan like right off the bat um the family dynamic was super interesting. The dad, I literally could have killed him. Like, I could not stand him. But, like, in a good way. Like, I know that's what he was meant to be as a character. Um, and then the main protagonist, uh, Mel, I believe her name was. Um, she did have a love affair with her best friend, Amy, who ended up kind of being a witch of some sorts. But yeah, this was a really good book, not only because of the LGBT character, but because of the family dynamic. Um, Yeah, both parents that are going through a divorce, and that's like, that's right in the beginning of the book. But also what the brother's going through, what the main character's going through. Um, I will say, I won't give any spoilers, but there are two parts that we talked about, and that were like, grossed me out, creeped me out. I put the book down, took a minute, and I reread it again. And I listened to the audiobook as well, and the narrator did a fantastic job at really putting you in this dark place. And I really did feel claustrophobic. Um, so, yeah, I would, I probably will have to put it in um, the fridge. Like, fridge slowly going into the freezer. Oh, so man. that was, yes. So that is We Need to Do Something by Max Booth the Third. Yeah, that book is one where I finished it and, I mean, it it was one of those instances where I was reading in my bed at night, so I just stared into, like, the nothingness of night, like, Mm -hmm. what? (laughs) Yes, yes, and what's cool is that since it's such a small book, there's only four characters and there's only one setting, the story's very, very intimate, so it almost feels like I shouldn't be reading this, but it's such a page-turner that you can't help but finish it so yeah so are you gonna watch the movie when it comes out oh my god hell yeah hands down (laughs) i'm i'm excited but i'm trying my i'm trying to tell myself like don't have expectations just it's gonna be its own thing and but the book was so good that i can't help but you know psych myself up for it so i mean it seems from what i've seen and like the pictures that have been released it seems like not to get any like not to get your hopes up but it looks like it's gonna be pretty good yes yes and i do i did look up the cast today 
I do like that the cast isn't like a well known, mm-hmm. you know, like big big Hollywood stars because then it kind of like all I, when movies put big Hollywood stars in movies, especially like smaller type movies, all I see is the actor, not the character. Mm-hmm. So when they have these like actors that I heard nothing of, I'm like, oh, perfect. Yep, I see her. I see them. So, yeah. For sure. Um, so. I wanted to mention this one real quick because it didn't, no one commented this, but it's because it's not really a horror novel. It's like a thriller mm-hmm. novel, but mm-hmm. uh, Derek Millman's Swipe Right for Murder. Yes. Yes. Um, I love Derek Millman. He wrote Scream All Night, which ended up being like one of my all-time favorite like <laughs> spooky coming-of-age books. Yeah. Uh, this is, like I said, not horror, but it's much more like a Hitchcockian like thriller caper. Mm-hmm. So it's like a mistaken identity uh, where Aiden is at a hotel and he... You know, is hooks up with a guy with a dating app, um, but he wakes up and the guy is dead, and he's been like shot through the window, and he is being like targeted and getting like messages on your phone, like I know who you are, and he's like, oh, I am not like the person you think I am, and it's like a whole thing where he is like oh running God. from this entity, uh, but it's like it takes a very interesting turn, and I actually learned a lot about gay history and Mm -hmm. stonewall and Mm -hmm. a bunch of things like that so i thought it was just like a very interesting this is a ya book i don't know that synopsis you just told me stressed me out (laughs) and and we'll get away yeah no Mm -hmm. the whole situation is like super stressful and like who can you trust and like why what did he do why is he being targeted he is not who they think he is and it is just a very fun time (laughs) Is that like straight off like from the beginning of the book or um, did it take time to build up? Maybe like chapter three. Oh, like okay. you're, you're getting to know the character and like why he's in the hotel, what his relationships mm-hmm. are to his friends, like who, mm-hmm. you know, setting the scene before it's like, yeah. So like I'm at a hotel, I'll pull up this, you know, I'll pull up grinder, see who's nearby. Mm-hmm. Like, why not? <laughs> <laughs> and then whoops. <laughs> and Derek Millman is also a gay man yeah yeah um just hearing you talk about it I was like (laughs) gasping for air as thrillers do to me so you just added that to my TBR (laughs) it is a fun one I wish uh, more people read it honestly more people might read it it's just like I don't like follow a lot of like YA like bookstagram so you know what? You all know about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't follow a lot of YA Instagrams either. Um, I have actually just this year started getting into more YA. Mm-hmm. And I am um, surprisingly, sh- like, I'm very shocked at how good they can be and how dark they can go. Like, I think it was in December I read um, The Merciless by Daniel Vega. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's YA. And I was like, this is YA? Like, what, what kind of children are we, like putting into the world these days i can read this and it was so good so i get so pretty it's so pretty it's yeah i mean i love ya horror i guess i'm just talking about like the accounts that i stumble upon that are just like court of thorn and roses i'm like it's not really it's not really my jam yeah yeah i I feel it (laughs) so we have a million (laughs) yes 
Yeah, I have the list right here. <laughs> I was really thinking of like, what if we just do like an Animaniacs rap for it? <laughs> we're just like bone mother blade between rules for vanishing some strange disturbances yes. <laughs> unfortunate elements like of my anatomy. like ra- rap fire for rapid fire <laughs> okay so i will go through these so the bone mother by yeah. david dumchuk yes mm-hmm. absolutely also he yes. has a new book coming out this year red x that i will definitely mention in my like uh mm-hmm. upcoming releases yeah. episode that's coming up so that was from thomas at sff80 and these are from twitter yeah um the blade between by sam j miller says neil from at talking scared pod rules for vanishing by kate alice marshall the some strange disturbances series by craig mckenney unfortunate elements of my anatomy by Haley piper of course Haley piper of course the haunting <laughs> of the antique brooch i just love the sound of that by Hina Ansari, <laughs> Catfish Lullaby by AC Wise, also A Spectral Hue by Craig Lawrence Gidney, Laser Mall by Katie Michelle Quinn, Joe Quinnell, and Sam Richard, and They Never Learn by Lane Fargo. More of a psychological thriller than horror, but absolutely a must read. Thank you for yes. that list at Archivist Ava. So I have my Amazon pulled up at right as we speak. <laughs> So I'm just like, one second, Stephanie, let me put these on my cart quick. <laughs> the Luminous Dead and Yellow Jessamine by Caitlin Starling from AC Wise. Mm. And I will say yes to both. I've read both. Absolutely. Yes. Then we- I also, oh, sorry. Um, I also read um, Yellow Jessamine and that was a really good time. And I read it with my mom as well. And yeah, super short and super fun. I love your mom. Just like does all these body reads mm. with you. Yes, literally, she will read or watch anything I recommend to her. And not to toot my own horn, but she's never disappointed. So, yeah, she's yeah, she's great. <laughs> I got my mom Bird Box, and she really liked it. <gasps> hey, that's that's a start, and yeah, that that's really good. <laughs> <laughs> then I got a list from At Exorcism, Emily, <laughs> The Moon Child by Gabby Triana, which is on my TBR. The Deathless Divide, yes. which I also need to get to. Salt Blood by T.C. Parker, which mm-hmm. I also need to get to. <laughs> Beneath a Bethel by April Jane Rowan and Catherine mm-hmm. House by Elizabeth Thomas. So I have been meeting, so I have Catherine House on my shelf as we speak and I wanted to talk to you about it because like so far every review that I've heard or read it just sounds really atmospheric. and But I had no idea that it had, like, some queer representation in there. She's bisexual. <laughs> the okay, main cool, character. Cool. cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> we have Dowry of Blood by S.T. Gibson. The Crows and 13th by C.M. Rosens. And that's from at Rom Goth Sam. Mm-hmm. An anthology of queer gothic stories by Nix Publishing and basically all their catalog to date. Okay, right on, like a publishing house. <laughs> Another publisher specializing in queer fiction of the darker variety is Gert Dog Press. And that's G-U-R-T Dog Press. Okay. Mm-hmm. My Lord by L.B. Shimara is queer erotic horror with polyam rep. And that's from at C.M. Rosens. Yes. <laughs> Scry for Help by Aaron Eichied, The Red Tree by Caitlin R. Kiernan, and The Lamb Will Slaughter the Lion, and its sequel, The Barrow Will Send What It May. Why can't I say that? The Barrow <laughs> Will Send What It May by Margaret Kiljoy. Those are yes. like super metal sounding titles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
I also was told to read uh, Silk by Caitlin R. Kiernan. I don't know if you ever heard of that. Um, that is actually on my shelf right now. I've yet to read it, but good queer work representation. And it's almost, I heard the writing is very much like Poppy Z. Bright, like very beautiful and poetic, yet the subject matter is very heavy and extreme. So I've only read yeah. Agents of Dreamland by her. And then I have like mm-hmm. a, a collection of like her best short stories. Yeah. My favorite thing is monsters, of course. Hands up, absolutely. <laughs> By Emil Ferris. Not only is it a coming of age story about a young woman mm-hmm. discovering her own sexuality, it's also about the secrets families keep into the ugliness of war. I couldn't have said it better myself at Angel <laughs> underscore Scoggins. Perfect. Out for mm-hmm. Blood is a queer vampire novel, 1991, by yours truly. That is from at John Peyton Cook. All right, so check out Out for Blood by John Peyton Cook. And yes. finally, To Be by Mark Allen Gunnels. That is just Twitter. That is just yes. what I got on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to try to go through these. So from Instagram, John Fram commented, I've been told the Brightlands is very queer and very spooky. And that is funny because he is the author mm-hmm. of the Brightlands. Yes. <laughs> which i was talking earlier about uh like crime investigation novels that take mm-hmm. a turn for the supernatural and this 100 percent fits that like small texas town boy goes missing like mm-hmm. a gay man is coming home to this small texas town that did not treat him well uh when yeah. he was an adolescent and now he has to come back and face his demons and also deal with the fact that his brother is missing and there's probably something bigger at bay <laughs> so that's a good one um at Haley piper says f4 by larissa glazer and salt blood by tc parker parker yes. spectral pages says carmilla by sheridan lefanu classics <laughs> at Gabora puddle duck says helen oyagami is a more prominent author so white is for witching is probably better known than some other suggestions here but i'm obsessed with it and suggesting it anyway right on yes camille diffspeck says mina and the undead by amy mccaw has all the 90s nostalgia new orleans setting and lgbtq main characters i love everything about this and everyone should read it room temperature scariness well, thank you for that. Um, this is one that I read that description and I was like, absolutely, yes. I need this right mm-hmm. now. <laughs> you know, I'm very blown away at the fact that you can do this podcast and still be able to, like, afford a life outside of reading because this is just, like, one giant grocery list of, like, what I need in my life. So, oh, my God. Kudos to you. <laughs> well, I have, like... I do a lot of audio, so I have, like, Libro FM and mm-hmm. Scribd. And Scribd, you can do, like, two to three, like, audiobooks a month. And then I do Libby, mm-hmm. and then I do Hoopla. So I have, like, all these library apps <laughs> and, like, <laughs> services that I pay for. Uh, BF Sooner says, Cold Moon over Babylon and Blackwater by Michael McDowell. Yes. Of course, of course. Mm-hmm. At Grumpy Drama Teacher. Love the handle. Ghosts of Black Bear Mountain by Mark Monroe. It's a ghost story about a pill-popping teacher. It's set in the 60s, so the main character doesn't mention his sexual preference, but there are a few scenes where you wonder. Gay author. I guess this is my official coming out. 
Yes. <laughs> All right. At Chesob says, playing Bad Heroines by Emily M. Danforth. Yes, yes, yes. Also, listen <laughs> to my episode with her. It was so fun chatting with her. And yes. you get a lot of history on her research for the novel, and it just adds a lot. 100%. Listen mm-hmm. to that episode. At Ty.Wen says, Alice Isn't Dead by Joseph Fink. Of course, welcome to the Night Vale universe. Mm-hmm. At Beloved underscore paperback says, To Be Devoured by Sarah Tatlinger. At Conrad underscore by says, I would say that a lot of Shirley Jackson's work has at least a queer subplot, as we were discussing earlier. Yes, (laughs) yes. Or queer tones. (laughs) Elizabeth Sagewood says, A new book that recently came out was Cardinal Rules by Bradley Phoenix. LGB character and a bit of glitter. Okay. You can't go wrong with glitter. You can't. (laughs) Rainy underscore day underscore reads says Into the Drowning Deep by Mira Grant. Of course. Honestly, just all Mira Grant, all Shauna Maguire, like both of the names, (laughs) just everything. I love her. (laughs) Yes. I love her. (laughs) Parkside reads says Wranglestone by Darren Charlton. A gay zombie story that is missing from your life. Amy Bell Books says Dark Matter by Michelle Paver and the short story Butcher's Table from Nathan Ballingrud's collection Wounds. Jay Maddox Entertainment says I just reviewed an ARG on my YouTube channel from Dark Inc. It's called Unburied, a collection of queer dark fiction. It's a great collection from Rebecca Rowland Books. But books are said The Guild of Stories by Jewel Gomez. And okay, so I just went attended like virtual StokerCon this last oh yeah how was that it was a lot of fun so it was all virtual so you kind of like went in on the panels and there was like pre-recorded panels and live panels Mm -hmm. um but jewel gomez was on a lot of them and this is a lesbian vampire story um Mm -hmm. with black characters by a black author i'm gonna add that (laughs) we're talking about it and it's like uh not a new book and it's a book i think i had seen around but like she was like she added so much to these conversations that I was like, I need to read this. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. And it was just crazy. Also like Sylvia Moreno Garcia is like an academic genius. Like they're like, Oh, mm-hmm. like Gothic fiction. And she's like, let me pull up these like academic studies. And like this person yeah. says like, she knows her stuff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> MC Xanthus says Gideon the ninth gets the lesbian necromancers in space line all the time. But definitely has many horror elements. <laughs> right on. I need to read that. I feel like that gets recommended to me a lot. Um, yeah. Anthony Jamenzi or Anthony J. Amenzi, I'm sorry, says The Route of Ice and Salt by Jose Luis Serrate, which was a book that Sylvia Moreno Garcia recommended in one of her panels yeah. and that I added like immediately. Immediately. Immediately to Goodreads. <laughs> like I had it open and I'm like, I just need to keep track all these things that are getting thrown around yeah yeah this so this list that you you know thank you for putting this together this just shows the amount of queer horror that's out there you just really have to look for it mm-hmm. you know and it just shows like good representation but also like not the like I, I i'm gonna assume a lot of these stories are having queer characters that aren't gonna be going through something dark or depressing because of their queerness probably something because of something totally different and they just so happen to be gay so yeah so that is that all of those will be on the show notes so it will be a very long (laughs) (laughs) 
for everyone to access that and yes. add stuff to their uh, carts to their lists and just add them <laughs> to your life yes i mean i definitely have a good as i showed you my amazon cart is full <laughs> so thank you for that uh, there's so many of these i need to read uh, and like so many mm. of these people that i heard like speaking at uh stoker con like there was a lot of panels with um like Larissa Glazer, Sarah Tapinger, Gwendolyn Keist, like all these people I need to, <laughs> I need to find. Like, and John Fram from the Brightlands, like oh, he nice. was on, yes. he was on a panel. I'm like, just everywhere. <laughs> all right. Well, now that we are wrapping that up, basically covered um, all of queer horror ever. Just kidding. <laughs> we have not, we have definitely not. <laughs> But yeah. it's a big amount. Tip of the iceberg. <laughs> Tip of the iceberg. All right, Quincy. Well, moving on to our next segment. What is something that you have enjoyed recently in horror? Yes. So this is definitely not part of the theme, but it's definitely worth the mention. Um, I recently just watched The Dark and the Wicked. On It's on Shudder, but I bought it on Amazon. And I'm glad I did because it was so good. Um, it so it's one of those stories it's very intimate you only get like three characters takes place in one place um so pretty much this movie is about a brother and a sister they go back to their parents like farmhouse because their dad is ill and while they're staying there the mom they they witness that their mom is acting a little strange and long story short she is not possessed but there's a dark entity that is um in the house on the farm and i won't say what happens to her but um she hits the fan the it's really it's very ambiguous to what is haunting them it's obviously something is there haunting them mm -hmm. but you don't get to see it you get to hear it you get to feel it it's everywhere but the camera or the camera people did a really good job at like panning the camera and you're like constantly like looking in the shadows of like what's there you know and there's nothing but like you know as the audience that something is there um my the hair on my arm was standing up the whole time and once again i told my mom to watch it she loved it <laughs> and she even said like the fact that there's only like two main characters and then both the parents are ill or like they're not really they're part of the story but they're you're not seeing them do their thing yeah. um like it keeps you engaged the whole time and so yeah so i strongly strongly recommend it um as far as like scary scale i would i'm gonna say it's in the freezer but with the door open oh my gosh it yeah that was one that we watched for like the patreon night so we were all like you know we had a little like text chat going on on the side yes. while we were watching yes. it and it was like i am hiding i'm watching this through my fingers <laughs> yes oh oh my gosh and it has i mean this happens in the beginning but it has like the one thing that like uh, it's like when people that are like have like an unhinged energy and they start like angrily chopping vegetables yes. and I'm like someone's yes. gonna lose a finger calm down <laughs> yes I screamed so loud and like I don't normally like scream but and you see it coming yes. but like it's still like it's 
Ugh. It was it was very well executed. Yeah, there's and yeah. it just the, the the psychological horror of it, the like visceral horror of it. Uh, I really liked it too. Yeah, and it kind of. I'm not gonna compare it to Gerald's game, but it reminded me of Gerald's game because it was such a simple movie, but it packed a punch, mm-hmm. and it's something I could definitely like rewatch in the future. For sure, and, I might rewatch. Yeah, it and also. The thing that drew me to watch it, and I know they say don't judge a book by its cover, but the movie poster for it was stunning. You know, like the red with the house and the girl floating. I was oh, like, yeah. yes. So, oh my gosh. So. I went into it like yeah, pretty blind, not knowing much about it, but I had seen a lot of like horror authors that I follow on Twitter like post about like liking it on Shutter or like that they liked it and enjoyed it. I was like, okay. Yeah, I actually saw Keelan Patrick Burke re- talk about it on Twitter, or uh, I'm sorry, on Instagram, and that's where I discovered it. But this was like forever ago, yeah. so I just got around to watching it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so what about you? What you been, what's a chilling obsession lately? I'm still on my Cruel Summer watch, because it's still on, there's like two weeks left and I am like glued to my screen every week like yeah. waiting for a new episode to drop <laughs> um, so I'm still doing that I really have not branched out and done <laughs> anything else <laughs> outside of that uh, but it's really good like I said I do love a good like crime story and then I love the way mm. that there's three different years and it's like telling a story and kind of going like back and forth in time and, forth. and like where our characters were the three different years and then like each week like you learn a little more and like someone acts suspicious and like you learn a little oh. more and I'm like I have to know I have to know people have been like DMing me like theories and stuff and I'm like <laughs> <laughs> so you have so the way the story is being told you really have no choice but to keep watching yes like you, you don't you're constantly learning something new yeah. yeah like every episode ends and like a ball is dropped and you're like oh. <laughs> You're like, okay, thanks. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> um, super quick. Um, this isn't a chilling obsession, just but something I think you would appreciate. Um, so two days ago, I was at my tattoo appointment, and I was sitting there, and my artist actually had, like, a TV for her clients. So I was watching whatever. And she had what we do in the shadows, the movie on there. And I'm like, oh, perfect time to watch it because I've only ever seen the show. That, sh- that was funny. That was a good time. I really enjoyed it. And, like, we had to take breaks because I kept laughing. Because I'm like, hold on. Let me laugh real quick. And, yeah, I was like, wow. So, and I know you've you've seen the show, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I was just like, okay, I'm going to discuss this on the podcast. But, oh yeah, I, I recommend it. I have a look I like yeah. to call dead but delicious. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That perfect choice. I mean, maybe the laughing made it a little harder on your tattoo artist, but worth it. A little. Hey, we we got we got it done. So yeah, yeah that's what matters. <laughs> Quincy, what is your final girl song? Yes. So I am picking "Bury Me" by. Sorry if I'm butchering this. Brodinsky. Am I saying that correctly? Sounds good. To um. Me. So the only reason why I know this song is because it was on. A trailer for American Horror Story Hotel, mm-hmm. um, and I've I love the song and I bought it, 
um, it's it's a dark song, but it's a bop, as the mm-hmm. kids would say. <laughs> you know, I, it's 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 definitely a song that you can listen to. Like, I don't know about you, but I listen to it at like seven in the morning, driving my ass into work, and it's just a good time. Um, but yeah, it's definitely something I could see playing at the end of a movie where the final girl definitely, you know, sought out her revenge and she was successful about it. Um, so yeah, that's Bear Me by, how do I say it? Brodinski. I can't even say it, but <laughs> just YouTube it. Or if you YouTube um, American Horror Story Hotel trailer, Bury Me, you'll see it on there. Right. We will yes. do that. We will add it into the Yes. And Quincy, where can people find you online? Yes. So um, I'm only on Instagram, and that is QuincyQBear69. Um, I post a lot of cool, like, bookish stuff on there. So we could go check me out. I did have people asking if you have, like, a blog or something. Like, no more. Yeah. I don't. I just have Instagram. But if anyone's interested and you want to geek out about books, you can always DM me, and I am, I'll drop everything to talk about books. It is fun. We do DM a lot about books, so. Yes, yes, we do actually. (laughs) Right. Well, thank you so much for joining me and for, I mean, really getting this idea started. So. Yes, I really thank you again. Um, I'm. I always have ideas, so if I have another one, of course, I'll be like Stephanie. What do you think about this? Oh my gosh! Yes, I'll be. I got you. (laughs) I got you. Books in the Freezer is a bi-weekly podcast. We post episodes every other Tuesday. You can find us on Twitter at Books Freezer Pod, on Instagram at Books in the Freezer, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Books in the Freezer, and on TikTok at, I guess, the app TikTok, and then just look at Books in the Freezer. I mean, I don't know who's using TikTok in a browser, but I'm assuming that would be TikTok.com slash Books in the Freezer, I guess. If you would like to support the podcast, there are a few ways to do that. One of them is to support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash books in the freezer. There's a one, three, and a five dollar level and all kinds of benefits and fun stuff. You can also use the Amazon link that is in the show notes of this episode and you just click on that. It takes you to Amazon. You do your normal Amazon shopping like you would normally do and all of that supports the show. But you don't have to spend any money to support the show. Something as simple as leaving a review on a podcast app or sharing about the podcast on social media really helps us grow. I'm Stephanie. You can find me on Twitter at Lady underscore Ganya or on Instagram at That's What She Said. And that is That's With Two A's. And see you next time on Books in the Freezer. (laughs) Thank you.